This is the BBC. You now have a choice of listening. You can leave the radio on or go and play a nice record. But we have a question for those who stayed switched on. Why? You have five seconds to consider your answer and send it to us on a postcard. <laughs> right, no postcards have arrived, so we'll carry on. You are now about to witness an historic event. How about that? The first time the band have got back from the pub for the start of the show. In fact, they've cheated, because we're about to celebrate the opening of a new local radio station. And tonight's local is the Dog and Muffin in Buxton, where the cast of I'm Sorry I'll Read It Again are now ready to inaugurate the first broadcast of Radio Prune. Radio Prune, named after the producer, because, like a prune, he too is small and wrinkled and keeps us going. And now the Postmaster General will launch the new station in traditional manner by smashing a bottle of champagne on David Hatch. Ow! What a terrible thing to do! All that champagne. <laughs> and now our own tiny transmitter, Bill Oddie, will try to make contact with Central Control at Broadcasting House. Hello, hello. Come in, Central Control. This is the Flying Doctor. Flying Doctor, the wall and wheel of pain. Dick here. <laughs> Down, Spyro. Central control. Hello, this is the BBC. Sorry, Callie, your time's up. We apologise for this technical hitch. We are now rectifying the fault. But meanwhile, we will carry on with a gramophone record. A gramophone record. A gramophone record. <laughs> been done. 
But soon Radio Prune began to seem less of a dream and more of a nightmare. Until in January they stood and watched the great transmitter tower go up. But now Radio Prune is on the air. At last a serious rival to Radio Wigan. Another look at the studio clock tells us it stopped altogether. But it's time for an on-the-spot news flash. Brought to you by Radio Prune as it happens from the London Zoo. It has just been revealed by experts that the two giant pandas, Anna Ann and Chi Chi, are in fact both males. <laughs> A London Zoo official comments. Oh. And now, a brand new feature item. We present Radio Prune Briefs, or as the producer will have it, Knickers. <laughs> a lightning weekly roundup of what's on, what's up, and what's up. Knickers! <laughs> The world of art and entertainment, starting with <laughs> Radio Prune Top Five, Number One, Son of a Preacher Man, by David Frost. <laughs> Coupled with another Frost sensation, if I rule the world, I wouldn't be surprised. Number Two, Walk Tall, by Jimmy Clitheroe. <laughs> Phil, 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 Phil. Sensation at the London premiere of the Piccadilly Line, the new underground movie. The audience were riveted as they watched the leading lady, Raquel Scotch, wrestle naked with six leather-clad he-men. The start of the film was delayed for two hours. Showbiz. And 45-year-old starlet Gaga Sabor was yesterday divorced again from her fifth husband, who had previously divorced Miss Sabor's cousin in order to marry his second wife, her granddaughter and sister of Mr. Ball's third child by previous marriage, whose uncle had married her stepsister, divorcing her aunt, whose husband had secretly married the fourth husband of her nephew's grandmother. As an outcome of this, Mr. Ball is now engaged to marry herself. <laughs> now, Radio Prune Briefs recommends. Sorry. Don't miss these highlights of what's on during the coming week. Monday. The week in Parliament opens with a debate on financial affairs. Members of the public are allowed to sit in the public gallery as long as they do not swear, shout abuse or throw things. MPs can carry on as usual. <laughs> Wednesday, the annual Scout Gang Show opens. This year it includes girls. Next year it's hoped to get rid of the Scouts. The year after that, the whole show. <laughs> Friday, there will be a fireworks display at Battersea Funfair, followed by a fire fighting display by the Metropolitan Fire Department. <laughs> Saturday, and on BBC TV, match of the day. Chelsea and Liverpool versus Kenneth Wustenholm. <laughs> Sunday, student riots in Trafalgar Square. Performances at 4 and 6.30, policemen half price. And that's it from this week's Radio Prune Brief. Nicker, 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 Nicker. And now, but first we interrupt our programs for an urgent police message. Help, police! And now, it's time for music. It's the tip top tune on Radio Prune. Thank you. That's not it. There's a lot more in Oh, it. dear. Oi, oi, oi. Can I start? Thank you. Early every morning, I throw my bedroom window high. Whee! And let the good clean air refresh my room. Oh, with welly boots upon my feet, I tiptoe through my garden sweet. And watch the sun compete me through the gloom. I can't, I can't see the light. Oh, 
Or see the blind nocturnal mole shyly leap back in his hole. <laughs> From hole. <laughs> and listen to the goldfish sweetly sing. Oh. A centipede goes tripping by. <laughs> and there goes a butterfly. <laughs> and hark the birds are warbling on the wing. Oh, Flowers shake, the dew drops from their hair, <laughs> and new green shoots are pushing through the clay. <laughs> I can hear them take a deep breath of morning air, <laughs> and then I tape record each tiny word they say. Some kind of nut.
refuse. You want to be paid next. No, don't encourage you. <laughs> Would you mind introducing, please, the first contestant who wants to play in the big quiz? Would you do that? And the first contestant is the Shah of Sasha. Good evening, my goodness. Hello, you and your Good evening, Shah. Are you ready for your first question? I am indeed. God bless you. Sure. Good, good. Now, thank you very much. Don't overdo it. Now, here it is. Listen now. What is the distance from here to Peking and back to the nearest millimeter? <laughs> yes, I know that's a tough one, and there is only one way to find out. So here's the tape measure, and off you go. And we'll be keeping the spot for you on the big quiz on the show, 17th of February, 1972. There we go. Sharp pleasure, your friends. Hope you make it. Give him a big hand. Thank you, Sharp. Thank you. And can we have the second contestant, please? This is someone whom we are honored to call a personal friend. And believe me, friends, they don't come any bigger than this one. Hello. Good evening. Welcome. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful, David Frost, in case you didn't get the book? <laughs> yes, you certainly are, David. Wonderful to have you on the show. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Not at all. Not at all. Sorry you didn't get any further an opportunity knocks. But it's nice to see you again. Very good, And friends, friends, I know you're going to be absolutely thrilled to know that he's going to compete in our life or death spot. Life or death spot. That's something really new. If the contestant answers his question correctly, he will become emperor of the world. Isn't that wonderful? And he's going to hear this. Thank you, but, but if he gets it wrong, then he'll hear quite simply this. Makes it very exciting for the people at home, and we hope Davey gets his question wrong. And now, friends, we're, we're going to do something absolutely marvelous. We're going to welcome back the very first contestant who was on my very first show 40 years ago. Isn't that wonderful? Of course it is, even if you don't think so. He was a 16-year-old boy then, and he's been in the soundproof booth ever since. And now, tonight, we're going to let him out of 40 years. Now, here he comes. Can we have your answer, please? And remember the question. You do remember the question, do you? Uh, yes, Mark. Fury. Yes, yes, I do. Well, you've had 40 years to think about it. Now, will you tell us all, tell the ladies and gentlemen home, what is your answer? Now, just take your time. I want a couple of years to think about it. That's all right. What is your answer? It's Napoleon III. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is the wrong answer. What bad luck. Forty years wasted. Never mind. You do get a consolation prize of a stewed prune. So that's it from the big quiz for this week. Goodbye from me and from my guest hostess. Thank you, subject. Thank you very much, Haley. And, and next week we'll be back with a yes-no interlude with General de Gaulle. I don't think much of his chances, but we'll see you then. Thank you very much. <laughs> And they've run out of juice. Well, we only filled them up this morning. I know. They only do 12 choruses to the pint. <laughs> well, it's just as well we stopped outside a pub, isn't it? There you are, 15 gallons. Good. <laughs> now let's start them up again. web of fantasy we weave. But now it's time for the next enthralling episode of Professor Prune and the Electric Time Trousers. (laughs) 
so far. Professor Prune and his pals have landed in Victorian England, where his electric trousers cause a sensation. Quite a pleasant sensation, actually. However, the Victorians decide to abandon work on the phosphorus hovercraft in favour of the time trousers. Unfortunately, the scheme cost the government £300 million, and Professor Prune and Crow are arrested and charged with high treason. Now, if you dare, listen on with... Hello, hello, hello. Now then, now then, now then, I must ask you to come along with me. You're under arrest. Oh, take your hands off me, sir. Who do you think you are in that stupid blue uniform? I'm one of the new police force, sir, invented by Sir Robert Peel. They call us Peelers. And why do they call you Peelers? Watch this. <laughs> Constable, you've made your point. You can put that orange away now. Now then, sir, I must ask you to come quietly. Please come. <laughs> and so the professor, Trixie and Percy were taken to Newgate Prison to await trial, whilst outside the gay tapestry of Victorian life unfolded. Yes, Victorian England. Days of the Empire, tea on the veranda... Tennis on the lawn, tennis on the poet, and I'm on the box again. In the music hall, crowds flocked to see the great comedian Macaulay. Don't be silly, Macaulay was an essayist. Exactly. And that was his catchphrase. Essay, essay, essay. Yes, yes, the nineteenth century. The days of W. G. Grace, H. G. Wells, G. B. Shaw. Names that together spell. With Grace Higwell Gibshaw. <laughs> and in the world. In the world of science, Stevenson's rocket made its first journey, but unfortunately never got off the ground. <laughs> While for the Royal Society, Charles Darwin made a famous speech in which he finally proved that man has descended from the apes. <laughs> <laughs> and on the continent, a little-known Viennese doctor was changing the whole concept of man's psychology. Um, sir, I maintain that it is good that we free ourselves from this repression, that we liberate our psyches by indulging with perfectly normal and healthy appetites. So take them off, baby. <laughs> and all this time in Newgate Prison... Oh! <laughs> oh! Six long months we've been here now. Explain the professor. And... He continued... Still, no sign of relief, he finished. Uh, hey, hey, don't give up, Croft. Look, there's somebody coming. Oh, it's a woman by the look of things. What things? Don't answer that. Good day. I have a well-known prison visitor. Uh, it's not often we see a fine lady in here. And a lovely creature, too. Yes, this lovely creature is my butler, Sponge. Oh, no, I'm sure. But who are you, madam? My name is Dame Bird. Dame Bone? Dame Bone! Dame Bone! Hear the word of Lord! Dame Bone! Dame Bone!
Um, excuse me. Oh, that very man. Charles Dickens. Uh, how, how, how do you do? I write for the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> is it really called the Telegraph? Uh, not really, uh, but it's so full of, of misprints, no one's quite sure how to think. <laughs> in fact, I've been with the Telegraph so long, I even speak in misprints. Now, I, I believe you have a story to tell. To tell, yes. Then, sir, tell me, what has happened? For I, I, I have level to attack social problems of this kink. Of this kind, yes. <laughs> the professor is the victim of wrongful arrest. Wrongful arrest? Yes. Ah. This is hot stuff. Just what I've been looking for. Now, <laughs> now I can get down to work with a nude vicar. A nude vicar. Next morning, the professor's story was in the paper. Yes, Prof, listen to this. Professor Pruneau in jail without a trial. Great petition must brush today at the fellow mercury of our judicial cod. Excellent. Now, all you need is a good lawyer, and I have brought you the best I could find in London, the five bob. How do you do, Professor? My name is Marching Up from the well-known firm of solicitors of Boots, 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 Marching Up and Down Again. Yes, I have brought with me a colleague. Who will represent you at the trial? Good day, sir. I'm Mr. Savage. Push, twist, slash, whip, savage, torture, and kick. <laughs> is, that, is that the name of your firm? No, just a list of my hobbies. Believe me, sir. I may not look much now, but you should see me at work in my wig and gown. Oh, you're a barrister. No, a female impersonator. <laughs> now, um, now, Professor, may we have your particulars? Yeah, I'm afraid they're still at the laundry. <laughs> It all began. And so on the day fixed for the trial, the professor and his lawyers arrived at the court. Three standings for the case of Prune against Regina. To be decided by two pinball to the middle or not. Who's that? Uh, that's the clerk of the court. And who's that very old man sitting beside him? Uh, that's the grandfather clock. I see. And who's the judge? His name is Ongat Twilight. Not the notorious Justice Ongat Twilight. <laughs> yes. Why are we whispering? Well, you don't expect me to say this out loud, do you? My Who's going to begin? Oh, Nisa, Nisa, sir. 
Again, Mama. Again. My name is Jane Grinch, and I would like to continue with our 